Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is the perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through.
once again to Coming to Bard's Logic, Political Talk, part of the conservative conversation. And thank you for listening to the first edition, uh, first episode here in 2023. It'd be well appreciated if you uh, take the link uh, tonight, whether you are here on Blog Talk Radio listening uh, to the podcast or uh, you're on one of the many podcast outlets that Bard's Logic is it whether it is uh, iHeartRadio or any of the other uh, you know podcast apps? Uh, you know, certainly, for, you know, share it with your friends so they can uh, listen in. And they can also call us, uh, call into the show, and be a part of the program. So it's good to be back. Um, you know, away for the holidays, uh, but it's good to be here. Uh, just love that song. We've been playing that uh, since 2012. Uh, since the inception of Bard's Logic. Uh, I don't know if it'll, it'll ever change, <laughs> if we'll ever uh, change that song as our, our opener. But, of course, as you know, uh, the House of Representatives uh, are now in control. <laughs> well, maybe the control. Uh, well, they are, but you'll know what I mean. Uh, by the Republicans, by a slim margin. Uh, now, they've regained the House uh, in the 2022 20, midterms, uh, but will it matter? Uh, we see what's going on now. Uh, we can talk about the Republicans, you know, that did win the House by 10 seats. Um, Kemi McCarthy, once thought to be a sure end for Speaker of the House, uh, still has not galvanized the GOP to obtain the 218 votes needed uh, to become the Speaker. Uh, now, with the Republicans currently in, and I, I hate to use the term that a lot of even on the left, who's in disarray, but it's true. Um, well, the investigation America needs uh, to prove the corruption in Washington, D.C., that's been occurring. Uh, so that could be to the American people, prove the corruption there is, exists there uh, to the American people. Will they still happen? Um, there's even been some talk of Republicans actually voting for a Democrat to keep uh, McCarthy from being elected as Speaker. Um, with Gosser and Matt Gates actually even talking with uh, Ocasio-Cortez. And there's an article we've got with that. You can uh, find a link to that article uh, here on Blog Talk Radio. And then we'll discuss that uh, this evening on this episode. We're also going to talk about, of course, the tragic uh, collapse of Buffalo Bill Safety to Mar Hamlin, uh, which is raising a lot of questions about the increasing occurrences of young athletes and cardiac events. Um, so we wonder, has the COVID vaccines that were pushed into America's athletes uh, played a part in this in- increase? We'll be you know, to discuss those uh, you know, possibilities uh, tonight or on this episode. But let's go ahead and welcome uh, Kelly. Uh, thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. Uh, I hope you had uh, some restful holidays, uh, you know, at the end of the, uh, 2022 after – well, it's definitely a disappointing election uh, in November and throughout there. And then all this, of course, stuff going on with, uh, you know, Carrie Lake and what they're doing there in Arizona, which I believe she's going to appeal. Uh, but there's been a lot of disappointment, and I think we're just kind of coming along the same uh, – kind of the same momentum or maybe lack thereof momentum here in 2023 looking at the what's going on with the speakership now shortly before the show – um, you know, they did adjourn, and they're not going to vote again until tomorrow. But apparently he's made a few more concessions, um, you know, McCarthy, to try to get 
you know, the Freedom Caucus and the conservatives that are keeping them uh, from, you know, outright taking the, uh, you know, the speakership. Uh, but we'll see what tomorrow brings. Uh, so how how's things been, Kelly? Good, good, good. Uh, I wanted to wish everyone a uh, very happy uh, additional 57 seconds of sunlight day today. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we got 57 more seconds of sunlight. <laughs> but uh, that's some good news. We got spring coming eventually. You know, by the end of the month, we'll be about uh, almost two minutes of sunlight. <laughs> Addition, additional sunlight. Anyway, so, yes, um, what a mess, Congress. Uh, there's going to be a lot of discussion, backroom deals being made, um, because there are people holding out so that, uh, let's say the rhinos want to have a certain agenda, and the Freedom Caucus people, the media calls them conservatives, but they're definitely Freedom Caucus people. You know, like Rand Paul, who says, hey, why don't we try freedom? <laughs> um, that was a brilliant line, by the way. And so backroom deals can be made. Look, here's 10 things we want done. We want the investigation of this, 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 and that, and the Hunter Biden laptop. We want investigations about this, this. You know, they can have a list. We're holding out, and if McCarthy's going to agree to our 10 things and actually do them, then we could vote for you. This happened with the Reagan uh, contested convention uh, in, uh, was it 1984, when uh, Reagan, uh, there wasn't a clear winner in the Republican primary at the convention, and so they took Ronald Reagan in kind of a back room and said, look, uh, we will throw our votes towards you if you make George Bush Sr. your vice president. And he agreed to that, and then he won. So there's – when you have these kind of messes, there's there's these backroom deals going on, and hopefully the conservative or the Freedom Caucus of the Republicans can obtain what they want or at least – out of 20 items, maybe they'll get 12 or 13, and we'll just see what happens. But, yeah, this is historic because it hasn't happened for 100 years. Um, but, I, I don't like McCarthy, by the way. He's just a right. No, I'm not a fan either. But... Yeah. So. No, but, I, I mean, I don't like him either. I would have much um, – Joe Gordon be the speaker. Now, he says he doesn't want it. I think, you know, as we've talked off air, Kelly – yeah, he wants to be the uh, head of the um, Judiciary Committee, which I think he, he would be, have a great part in. And actually, they don't even have to vote in McCarthy. I mean, they could have voted in someone else. I mean, they could even vote in Newt Gingrich, frankly, as the the Speaker of the House, even though he's not a member. Um, of course, we know that's not going to happen. But, um, but I think McCarthy eventually is going to be. However, when you hear articles such as this uh, – then it is kind of uh, – I don't want to use the word scary, uh, but when you're seeing you know, representatives that I used to respect, like uh, Matt Gaetz, uh, let me um, – you know, I mean, when I read articles like this, uh, it does kind of seem kind of – yeah, I don't want to use the word scary, but, I mean, it, it does give me pause for concern. Uh, and I'll go with the article here. It says, you know, Representative uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, 
declared that, quote, anything is possible after she was seen having conversations, and I know they talk, but with representatives Paul Gosher of Arizona, we, we got to keep a very close eye on Arizona. There's, a, there's just so much going on over there. Um, and Matt Gates, Florida, uh, during the floor vote for Speaker of the House, uh, the progressive – you could say that lightly uh, – congressman raised the possibility that GOP Speaker nominee Representative Kevin McCarthy, which from from California, so that, that should tell people stuff. But anyway, uh, might need to enter into negotiations with Democrats uh, after it failed to garner the 218 votes needed to win the speakership. Quote, I do not believe that Kevin McCarthy has the votes. Uh, Ocasio-Cortez said, uh, I believe that a lot of the opposition to him is very personal. I believe his leadership style is incompatible with a lot of Republican members and certainly the Democratic caucus. So the question is, is there anyone in their caucus that can build that consensus? If it isn't McCarthy's team, may have to come to the Democratic Party. And if that's the case, then that uh, what would that look like? It's rather unprecedented. Could it result in a potential coalition government? Uh, I mean, that, that happens in European countries, coalition governments. Now, if we had multiple parties than just the two, then I'm not that opposed to that. But when you only have the Democrats, you know, well, then I think that's a horrible idea. Now, this is what she you know, she put out there, and I think this is the scary aspect, and I'll just go uh, over to you and then go back to the article. And she says, could we get Democratic chairs of committees as a result? So could you imagine that, Kelly, if we were to get something like that coalition government where you actually have Democrats still having chairs in the committees? I mean, you want to talk about, you know, Throwing out the possibilities of having these, uh, you know, uh, of having these investigations, you could forget about it if something like that would happen. I mean, I know I'm I'm, gonna, I'm sounding like an alarmist, and the chances of that even happening, you know, are pretty slim. But even seeing that that's a possibility, I mean, I I do think what's going on is a good thing if it goes in the right direction. Now, I certainly hope it don't go into you know, that direction, and it probably won't. Just seeing that we are at that point uh, in America's history is telling. I mean, I know it was a close. I mean, it was a close win for the House of Representatives, but to even think that some Democrats with uh, on committees is. I mean, well, I mean, I know America's in trouble, but we'd be in really big trouble for that. I mean, what do you think, Kelly? Well. If uh, the Freedom Caucus or the conservatives aren't getting what they're wanting from the Republicans, then they can work out a deal with the Democrats to get what they want. I know this is like strange bedfellows here. But if the Democrats will give the Freedom Caucus Republicans what they want and the Democrats will stick to the agreement, then – of course, you could get a Democrat Speaker of the House. Now, the committees, yes, the uh, Democrats can appoint their own as committee chairs, um, but then you'd have what is your uh, 
what is your committees composed of mostly of well when the republicans are in power it's republicans and a few token democrats democrats are in power um you'd have mostly democrats on the committee and so the, it doesn't a chair is not necessarily a bad thing uh it can be but um it's mostly to keep order in the meeting if you've ever been to a city council meeting or a county supervisor meeting, the chair, his main job is just to keep order. And so other members on the committees can bring up topics and then the committee can say yes or no. So it's not necessarily as bad as people may think, but yet the chair does hold a little more influence than the average. Um, so that's kind of strange, but if the I'm being a little repetitive, but it's it's if the uh, conservatives want to get what they want through Democrats, well, then we will see a very bizarre change of events. You know what I really like to know is how do people get on different committees? So obviously you've got uh, Congressmen getting elected, and then Congress assembles in a caucus, and they did this in December, and they were already casting straw straw votes or straw straw poll ballot for who would be the speaker but when it came down to it in the in the house there was a lot of dispute outstanding all right so once you get your speaker then you would have your different committees your chairs of your committees but then how do how do congressmen get on these committees there's certain particulars of how congress runs that i'm i'm just curious about how do, how does this all happen does the committee chair pick all the committee members, or does the House itself pick the committee members? I, I don't know. But it, it's – and I want to back up a step because, you know, what you just read, um, the left tries to paint the opposition as not unified at all and chaotic and a mess. So I, I'm – was that a good source that you read from? What was the source? Newsmax. <laughs> oh, it was Newsmax. Okay. Yeah. Were they interviewing a congressman directly, or were they interviewing somebody that had an opinion about a congressman? Well, uh, let's see. Um, let's, let me pull, I'm pulling that up. See if I can pull that one that article up here. I guess it's just somebody who is reporting on reporting on it. So if we have somebody reporting on somebody reporting, somebody report reporting then Well um, you know, we'll have to see. But I read another article today that but that was hours ago. I mean that was probably early this morning where it said no Republicans have talked about um crossing the line and voting for Democrats. So that was this morning. But are we on the seventh round now? On the speaker pick. Uh, yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow will be the seventh round. The seventh round. Wow. I I did watch uh, Getz um, nominate Jim Jordan from Ohio, and that's directly after Jim Jordan got up and probably said, "I nominate, uh, I I nominate uh, MacArthur from uh, California." So that was interesting. Um, I mean, I just watched Gates do it. I'm like, wow, 
he said, um, Jim Jordan is humble to a fault. It would be good if he was Speaker of the House. And so anyway, um, it's, I, I, what next? I don't know, Robert. I just know this is interesting political theater. What next? What's going to happen? I don't know. I wish we had some t- somebody who could ex- ask some of these questions of what are the procedures. And There are formalities, of course, but what happened in December? Well, the Republicans seemed to pick their Speaker of the House, but that didn't happen. Now, did it? Well, what happens next? And then what happens? Okay, so now once the Speaker's in place, how do the committee members and all that? Some of the finer works of the uh, House of Representatives, and of course they have their own rules, by the way. They get to vote on the rules, um, how the House – it's in the Constitution, by the way, that each House has their own rules of how they conduct business. And so there's going to be a vote on the rules too if there's any rule changes. Um, there's a lot to know about how Congress works. And I, I just I don't know if we yeah, can ever find somebody that can. Yeah, it's pretty convoluted. And, and the thing is, the changes that can change, as you pointed out, uh, pointed out as well. Now, I mean, again, I mean, you know, my concern is, I mean, we really do need to get these uh, these investigations going. Now, it's, it's going to be bad enough. That they don't really, you know, have that large of a of a margin, uh, and then also the Senate being controlled by the, you know, the Democrats now. I mean, I mean, it's in their control. Uh, I mean, even with, uh, you know, I can't remember her name. You know, supposedly left the Democrat Party. She's still going to caucus with them. To my understanding, that doesn't change, you know, change the power, which I think is BS. I think, look, if you don't have actual Democrats. Or in, or even Republicans, you know, uh, in the party, you, sh- you you should lose your committee. I mean, you know, if you don't if you don't have a majority, you shouldn't be able to run the committee. So by there being, you know, actually, you know, forty nine, you know, yeah, you know, I guess I guess there's forty nine Democrats now, really, because you have two independents. Then. Though they really, I mean, do they really have the majority in order to have those, you know, you know, have those heads of those committees in the Senate? Are you, are you talking about that senator from Arizona? Yeah. That switched to independent. Yeah, switched independent, and then uh, Bernie Sanders is actually an independent. So they say they got fifty-one, but actually they don't. They caucus with the Democrats. But they're not really Democrats. So I think if you you know if they switch and change party now, of course they may not have ever left if that's the case, and maybe stayed to be a Democrat. I don't know. But I mean, if they don't actually have that many, then they're you know that they should be able to you know be considered you know as the majority. Well, because they really aren't. I mean, technically. Well, yes and no. I mean, if they. If the independent from Arizona votes just like a Democrat, it's, you might as well call it a Democrat. I mean, Bernie Sanders, he'd run as a Democrat and flip into being an independent a number of times. Which is a well, really right, they have the, thing to do. Well, they have the votes, but they, I mean, whoever is, you know, is considered the majority, I mean, don't they have control of what comes up and what kind of issues that they take and what they table and what they take make priority on, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, and if and if they, you know, so you know these investigations. I mean, that, I think that's going to be. I mean, 
I think you knew the oversight. I think that's going to be a huge part of what the the House uh, Republicans need to do. I think that should be a huge part of it. I mean, there's some little yeah. just. I mean, you, and you mentioned just a few of the investigations that need to be had. Oh, there's many, many. Um, you know, like Florida, DeSantis asked the Supreme Court of Florida to convene a statewide grand jury. And I watched the announcement. It's pretty. It's pretty encouraging. Um, any and every and all disinformation from the federal government regarding the COVID, uh, COVID shots, the COVID vaccine, the deadliness or not so, and then every, any and all damages by the COVID shots be investigated by the statewide grand jury. So obviously COVID is a real hot one to investigate. What's really going on? What's really the numbers? Um, and they're trying to hide for what 75 years the records the records request to the cdc hey we want all your information on covid and they said well, yeah well, your honor we'd like 75 years to release this like no said the judge <laughs> but jim jordan mentioned that he wanted to investigate a number of things oh you know the weaponizing of the fbi the uh, hunter biden laptop i would like it if they really got into um, what's going on with Epstein? I mean, you know, Maxine Griswell, she's she got she got convicted for child trafficking, but it appears as who did she traffic to? <laughs> she didn't traffic to anybody. Then why did she get convicted? Why aren't these big names coming out? <laughs> it's just something ain't right here. It just doesn't pass the smell test. All sorts of things that, that Congress can and should be looking into. Okay. Um, so maybe Jim Jordan uh, believes with all his heart that he would his best service to the American people would be on the Judicial Committee. Okay. So I guess um, there's probably a rule that they have to accept the nomination before they can vote for it. Um, so, yeah, Speaker of the House, by the way, Speaker of the House – uh, is in the third line of successfully a president if he resigns or is dies then you have the vice president and then you have the speaker of the house right. and then the president pro tem of the senate there's a chain of command going down to the the uh, postmaster general believe it or not you can read the constitution um, so the speaker of the house is second in line to be i'm sorry third you have president vice president speaker of the house third in line to be president so if something nasty, I mean, it, it's very possible that Kevin McCarthy gets the Speaker of the House and then Biden and Kamala Harris get thrown out of office or they resign or what have you. Um, bam, Kevin McCarthy would be the president. Or if Jim Jordan just happened to uh, be the Speaker of the House, he could be the president. So it, it's like maybe there's more to this than we know about. Maybe there's something going on inside Congress where that position is so important because maybe inside inside of D.C., some congressmen know that Biden and Kamala are going to be gone soon for whatever reason. 
Um, so maybe that's why we have a hundred year. Uh, this hasn't happened in a hundred years. So what's 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 going on? What, what, is there some? There's always there, there, often 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 there always there often appears to be something deeper than what's on the surface, and or people aren't communicating the way they should, or like if you're playing a poker game, you don't play all your cards at once. Some, something else could be going on that we'll find out in who knows three months or six months or a year. But it's all fascinating. By the way, uh, I came across a story, and I, I know the authors, there's two of them. Uh, one of them has a website, and the other writes, or some, they both write sometimes, but it's on political moonshine. And this has to do uh, with the, a football player. Um, Dar, Damar Hamlin, and I yeah. want to read you some things because basically, yeah, that, actually that's a good segue because I was, uh, yeah, that's that's the, what we're going to talk about in the second half of the hour. Go ahead. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean that's a very tragic um, situation, and of course, uh, we should all pray for Damar Hamlin and him and his his wife and. Um, he comes out of the Fed, comes back 100%, and maybe he's playing, uh, you know, next year just fine. Um, that would be the best of. But he did. I watched some of the videos, and it's he did a tackle, and then it, everything looked normal. Right. He yeah, wasn't that hard of a hit. It was hard, but it wasn't it, it just the angle and the, everything. Well, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't an easy one, but it, it wasn't an unprecedentedly hard hit. Well, he's probably had hundreds of – Somebody would, you know, get – you know, have a heart failure over. Well, when you talk about somebody played football in high school, got into college football, got into pros, um, maybe it's the second year in the pros, He's probably had thousands of hits in between practice and real games. He's probably had thousands of hits like this. Um, but there's something written by a football coach, and but he, he's a researcher too. And then the um, political moonshine discusses this. Yeah, but well, he, there's things that can happen. I, I mean, there are things that can happen. You know, there's an actual condition that happens about 30 times a year where if you get hit in a certain spot and you're on your chest, you know, like in between beats and you get hit, you know, like when your heart's in between beats, that can like literally like stop your heart. I mean, that that is something that has happened before in the past. So, I mean, so it right. could be that too, but we don't have any information on that yet. But go ahead. Yeah. So, um, what he's put together, um, he is concerned about a couple things that it wasn't the physical hit, but it was myocarditis, blood clots in the heart, like other many, many um, sports, professional athletes that just all of a sudden just drop down and sometimes they get up, sometimes they got to be carried off, sometimes they die. But um, myocarditis, the shots, and he was wondering about that seriously, but he had to first discredit uh, and being a football coach, he went through this article, and you can find it on politicalmoonshine.com. And he's going play-by-play. Play. Even he's got one- or two-second clips, but essentially it wasn't a head-on collision. It was at an angle. 
and right. he did the classic rolling tackle, which um, a rolling tackle, you train to do rolling tackle, so um, you minimize the players getting hurt, and of course, whenever possible, because in football plays, it's just chaos, but you do the rolling tackles whenever you can, and he did. And so he was um, looking, you can see the article there, okay, but then um, he doesn't see that it was a spinal injury, um, because after the tackle, he uses both hands, he gets up, he stands up, everything's fine, if it was spinal injury, he wouldn't have done that. Um, other doctors have said that, and um, it was, uh, let's see, the approach is mostly right to left, lateral, not head on, uh, Hamlin's feet are not stationary, which means the body's moving, You're transferring energy, um, the helmet, the, um, the ball carrier didn't hit him with the helmet, it was shoulder pads to shoulder pads. Mm-hmm, um, right. So there was a little bit of uh, whiplash or head movement, but it was moderate. So it wasn't anything of spinal or neck injury. Um, the energy transferred in such a way that it didn't seem to hit, and then he got the rolling tap. He goes through this in quite a bit of uh, gator rolls, what they call it, um, torsional twisting that further mitigates the absorption of energy. One player to the other, okay, blah, blah, blah. And you can see he did a really good job of this play-by-play, second-by-second, or even half-second-by-half-second. And then um, he gets up, and then he he uses the assistance of another player as he got up. And then he turns and starts walking. That's when he fell. Um, so that it's just kind of a... So did he did did um, did he have the shot? Did Hamlin have the shot? Yes, he did. Um, he was an Hamlin was an absolute advocate of getting a shot, and there was a Twitter post that was repeated, and basically he said that anybody that's not getting the shot is being terribly selfish, and if you don't take the shot, wow. you should be jailed. Well, where did you find that for? Our, yeah, where did you find that for our listeners, Kelly? Because I'm sure the people have been looking for it, including myself, and I haven't found anything on that. Where did you find that? Um, the research team on COVID-19. Somebody put that up. I didn't have to dig it up, but it was a Twitter or something. All right, and then um, yeah, I'm sure they're taking it down by now. <laughs> probably NFL. The NFL. Um, Required. Do you want to play on the field? Then you you got to take the shot. You don't take the shot, you ain't getting on the field. Well, yeah. Remember the controversy so, when? Um, well, I don't. Yeah. Remember the well. There was a few players that didn't do it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he refused to take the vaccine. I thought, and he got a lot of backlash from it. Yeah, and there's something about their contract, and I don't know what's in the contract, but. Pressure manipulation, all sorts of blah blah blah, frustrating. But pretty much, um, I'm about 99% sure he was vaccinated. And no, I'm sure. Yeah. Now, yeah, I'm pretty sure about that. Yeah. One nice thing about the scenario is all the football players got in a circle around him because he was like a really wonderful, 
um, amazing, hi, how are you kind of guy. And people just really generally liked him. He is, he's a man of faith, and uh, or so I hear. And he was uh, just a really care about others kind of guy. And so he was very much uh, adored, appreciated, and but it's it's it was very sweet of the other football players to get around in a circle, and then they realized there's nothing they can do but pray. So they were praying, and and so I was surprised. I was surprised how much they talked about prayer that night. Let me tell you, I was, I was, I was be honest, I was shocked. Uh, you know, I mean, and then all that, you know, and you know, I, I was just, I was shocked. I'm like, there should be no coach in this entire nation now, high school coach, grade school coach, college coach, that should get fired from their job, you know, or anything like that for for, for praying on the field. You know, well, there was a court case on that that. Confirm that, yeah, the football coach can pray after the right. game's over. Yeah, he'll be gone right yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, so that was the most sweet of the men. And, but the thing that caught my eye with this article on political moonshine was that uh, federal agents were showing up at the hospital. Well, I mean, maybe you know, federal well, agents well, really. Well, 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 what I'm wondering about, what I'm wondering about there is, uh, now, what I'm wondering about there, we got uh, 314. We'll, we'll you know, get you in the green room in a few minutes, uh, and then we'll we'll get you into the show. Um, but I'm wondering if there was feds there because actually Biden was in town because uh, this is actually my area. Um, uh, Biden actually came to town. So I'm wondering, I mean, let's, I want to hear more about the – tell the, uh, the listeners more about the article while I go into the green room. Um, but – Biden, you know, Biden came to town, I guess, to speak to the family, uh, you know, Hamlin's uh, family. So maybe that was part of it. But what, what did the article say? Go ahead and tell the listeners that while I get uh, this call in the green room. Me in the green room. Whoops. Hello? Hey, Robert, I can't hear you. Um, all right, so basically – um, maybe the federal agents really like football and they like Mr. Hamlin, so they went to pay him a visit. But, you know, when they're off duty, I guess, that's one possibility. Another possibility is maybe they're there for security because a bedillion fans want to get in and see him and they're just providing security. Another possibility, and I'm saying possibilities, is they're trying to cover up that it was uh, cardiac arrest, age 24, from the COVID shot. I don't know what to say, but there's time will tell what what it was really about. But Fed showing up, Hopefully. the hospital. And they're truthful to us. Yeah. Now this source, when I'm saying this, political moonshine. Um, the website owner. Well, the two of them together. Anyway, uh, they're they're good friends, but one of them worked former intelligence, military intelligence, and he's done consulting for security and other things. So they have a lot of sources that are credible. Um, of course, I, Robert, I wouldn't advise you to go to Hamlin's room and look for federal agents, but if they are there, why are they there? Is it possibly uh, – Control the narrative? Is it damage control? I mean, millions are watching. When I 
first heard about it, I heard about it from somebody else. And then throughout the day, hey, did you hear about it? Yeah, three other people told me already. And, oh, that's interesting. So this could be, for those of us who are trying to expose that, hey, um, you're playing um, COVID shot death roulette here or the death lottery, uh, you may not want to get your shot, like we've been saying for a couple of years now. Um, this could be the exposure that we need um, to keep warning people. Because the American people at first, uh, the first shot, 79% took it, but the numbers have dropped. It has oh, dropped yeah. down to like 30% for you know your third and fourth booster, third or 20%. Um it ain't looking good for Pfizer's profits these days. Um, so, yeah. So is that – is it a cover-up? That's what I'm curious about. Yeah, well, hopefully they're, they're doing an investigation. And if it – my my hope with this, and I'm going to bring in Pianchi, is that, you know, you know if it was um, – you know, myocarditis, I would hope that, you know, caused by the vaccine, I would hope that the family would be so upset about it, they'd tell the feds, you know, hey, you know, give them the proverbial middle finger and say, look, you know, pe- more people need to know about this, and we're going to take this national, you know, because it would be a huge story. I mean, it, would be, it wouldn't be good for the NFL either, so, you know, the NFL would probably you know, have a hand in the, you know, wanting to keep that quiet too because the way that they pushed it on people. So I can imagine, uh, you know, because, I mean, most of your NFL players probably took the vaccine. Most of them probably did. But let's, uh, so, you know, hopefully, hopefully it is the case that the family, you know, the family isn't able to, you know, isn't able to have been talked out of, you know, exposing it to the public. Right. So let's go ahead. Go ahead. Get Pianchi and get get his take on it. Thank you very much, Pianchi, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing fine. Happy New Year's, everyone. You know, I have a a friend of mine, uh, Demetrius Johnson, who used to play for the Detroit Lions. He uh, got sick the Saturday before Christmas. And... uh, he had to go in and have operation on his heart for nine hours. He got out of that. He had tubes in him. He got off the tubes, I think, Tuesday of the following week. And uh, then he had another drawback, and he ended up dying. <clears throat> and I know he took the shot yeah. when he first he came out. <laughs> yeah, he took the shot when he first came out. He had pain. His symptoms were had these pains around his heart. Enough where they had to, you know, rush him to the hospital. But, uh, man, I know people. You see, you don't pay no attention to it until it started getting close to home. I've got a person who had strokes and ended up with speech impairment, another stroke, another person. I don't know what he died from. And another guy down in New Orleans, a friend of mine, he died from it. And I don't know if he had the shots or not, but uh, everybody else had the shots. And uh, it's something going on. All these people can't be just dropping dead for nothing. It's something going on, and they're trying to cover it up or prevent it from being talked about. You get labeled all these nasty names, 
and all these weirdo aspects. But hopefully this stuff come out pretty soon. Yeah, and I know they're trying to say that he had what's called a commodio cordis, and that's what I was explaining earlier, where um, there's like a, you know, like a 30th of a second uh, that, you know, the heart's vulnerable to being stopped like that, and so it's got to be like hit, you know, at a certain, you know, like right at that moment to call it, cause it, and there's only, that only happens like 30 times in a year. Okay, and so, you know, that's, uh, you know, I mean, so it's, it can't happen, and that, that could have been it, maybe not. As, as I said, I hope the, uh, the family, because the family's going to, well, unless they, unless they lied to the family, then in this day and age, it kind of wouldn't surprise me. Um, then... Yeah, I hope that the, you know, if it is the case where the vaccine played a part, that the the family you know speaks out about it and they're not uh, motivated, so to speak, in in, in some way to uh, to hide that. Well, we don't have some high profile people that die from this, like Henry Aaron. You know, the parents. I mean, the family didn't come out and say much of anything of that, and uh, you had others. But uh, this guy, Demetrius, and I used to argue with him all the time. He had a radio show in St. Louis and also had one in Detroit, anti-Trump. So, you know, I used to go back and forth with him all the time. I remember one of the calls, and we got a video on that. It's called in and asking why are you telling people to take these shots. And then he lays in on them, make mention of me. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, two weeks later, he's dead. And, of course, you can't, when you give reference to what we're talking about tonight, everybody wants to call you this, that. They can't ban you. They don't They don't wash you off of these uh, Twitter no more like you used to. But uh, you still get that stigmatism. But definitely something is going on. How, how old was your yeah, friend? And, 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 yeah, even, though been, even though there's been studies, I know there were um, – you know, there's a guy on uh, Tucker Carlson last night. He, he was talking about a study over – I think it was over in England, you know, talking about it. Uh, I wish I would have re- recorded that for, tonight, you know, for tonight's show. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, but to try to actually find information on it, I mean, it, it's difficult. They, they're just, you know, I, I think if it's, it's going out there, it's, it's being blocked. You know, you have a lot of stuff going, at, you know, going, to, you know, saying it's not happening. But uh, they, they, I mean, I don't know if, if on Tucker, you know, they're going to have somebody on there who's, you know, don't know what they're talking about, frankly. All right, fellas, I continue to listen. What's up, Yankee? I'll see. I'll follow back and continue to listen. Okay. Thank you very much for calling the show. It's uh, Happy New Year's here. Good to hear from you again. Yeah, same to you. Yeah. Hey, Bianchi, how old was your friend that died? Person you mentioned. If he's still on. Nope. He's still on. Yeah, Bianchi? how old was he? Um, I, got your mic, I got your mic still open, Bianchi, if you want to still talk. Unless he hung up. Let me see if he... Uh, 
No, yeah, he hung he hung up. He said he's just gonna hang up and just listen. Uh, listen now. Um, oh, okay. But you know, he well, said it's, he, he, go ahead. Well, I'm I'm uh, very sorry about you You're losing your friend and uh, um, the uh, had a close friend. He was told him don't get the shot, don't get the shot. He was in his seventies. He got the shot and uh, well, um, ER. Intensive care, four days, three blood transfusions, um, internal bleeding. This is one of the problems caused by the spike protein. But um, I'm beginning to wonder, you know, these these elderly people and even friends my age and younger, um, some of them are going to die, and it ain't going to be fun. It's going to be heartbreak on my end, and I'm wondering how I'm going to be able to handle it. I was talking with Torkirk the other day. And she had a couple friend, uh, husband, wife. He was 50, and uh, he had to have some type of chemotherapy. And the doctor, local doctor, said, "I will not treat you with for chemo with chemo with, unless you have the COVID shot." He took the shot. Two weeks later, he was dead. I think it was even shorter than that. I got It was kind of a short, over-the-counter kind of conversation small town, but um, this manipulation and the pressure, and then if you come out and say, hey, look, you know, we got to get John Baldwin in on the show, because he's done a lot of studies, and it's frightening uh, what's happening. Other research is hinting at uh, red blood cells are sticking together. Um, you take, take uh, two volleyballs and barely blow them up and then push them together. That's what our two red blood cells look like. And then not just two, it's three, four, five. But when you have two, the oxygen trans, you lose surface area on the red blood cell. Oxygen can't get into the red blood cell when the red blood cells are in the lungs. When they go throughout the body, they cannot get out the oxygen as normally as they normally can. Um, lack of oxygen is one cause of cancer, and cancers are spiking. And you've got this quote-unquote long COVID where people are just tired all the time while their body's not getting enough oxygen because the red blood cells are sticking together. So that's going to come out here eventually. Uh, so I'm working with a team of researchers. One of them's a doctor and other researchers, and he's got to contact with, like, Peter McCullough and other researchers. McCullough testified before Congress. So we're going to find out, and maybe just perhaps it's a – small percentage, 1%, 5%, 10%, who knows, that may die. Uh, it might be 20 30% that have long-term damage, but, you know. Um, so what's what's going on here? And I like that Bianchi asked these questions. And what is weird is they pressure, 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 get the shot, get the shot, get the shot. And... Now, if you say, hey, there's problems, you're shut down, you're shut up, you're kicked off of Facebook or Twitter, and that's changing quickly with Twitter. Thank you, Elon Musk. But why can't we have a discussion about this? Why can't we just have a discussion? Let's get it on the table. Let's have a discussion. Why can't we do that without being ostracized? Um, There's a doctor I listened to, too, and he was discussing how the heart works and other things. But his main question was, why can't we just have a discussion about this? Why is it that some attorneys um, got threatened by their medical board 
of their state that they're going to lose their license if they keep saying this. Um, California is, is pushing for and or has passed a law. Um, the doctors start going against the narrative of the CDC. They can uh, lose their medical license. I'm like, what? Why can't we have a discussion? It's that simple. Um, I want to jump over to uh, Arizona, Cary Lake. So I watched quite a bit of the hearings. It was a trial is what it was, trial by a judge. And the judge concluded uh, no clear and convincing evidence. It did not meet the bar. And when I say not, yeah. not the bar, the standard, the standard did not meet the long set precedent standard to prove that um, there was enough election fraud or problems to overturn an election or go any further with this. And she supported the judge supported Katie Hobbs being the governor, and they couldn't accomplish much in only a few days. But there was around 300,000 ballots that showed up without a chain of custody. And the judge's response was, well, there's no clear and convincing evidence that there was any uh, motive involved um, to thwart or change the election. And that word motive appeared uh, what the heck ever? Well, they couldn't prove the motive. That's the thing. And that's one of the problems with our election system. It's so amazingly complicated that it's hard to prove anything in any short period of time. You need literally months to look at this more further into the details. Um, but I, I was kind of stunned by some of the testimony of the experts on Cary Lakeside at the same time watching the trial, I was rather stunned at how opposition, uh, the defense attorney for Katie Hobbs and others, how quick they were to try to dismiss something, object something, uh, don't bring this in as evidence, trying to stop evidence from getting into the record. It was pretty, oh, yeah. pretty mind-blowing. Yeah, there was a uh, uh, one one audio clip or video I, I shared on Twitter where this, this uh, lawyer was trying to um, – you know, tell this lady about, you said, uh, oh, with these, you know, basically try to, you know, make her look like a fool, like as, as if he's explaining that those ballots were illegal ballots. And she said, uh, the term isn't illegal. I'm paraphrasing from memory. Uh, the term isn't illegal. The term is uh, uh, ineligible or something like that. And, he said, and then right after he said it, he was like, no other questions. I got to find that audio clip. Uh, I should find that that video, make an audio clip out of it. But yeah, he, um, yeah, there's a video. There was a, there was a video on that uh, I shared on Twitter. I need to connect my Twitter with <laughs> with uh, well, some other and, things here. But. Yeah, and the and the other attorney tricks were. So you're saying that da 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 da, and the expert witness says, "No, I am not saying that. No, I did not say that. You said that." The, the, <laughs> the witnesses got frustrated at the defense attorney's tricks. I was, I was like, "You people!" It's like, do they do they think this is a game show and they can just take truth and throw it to the ground? I mean, what what what's going on here? But that's just attorney tricks. Um, <laughs> so they did get um, a county employee to admit 
that ballots were counted private by a private court. Not all, of course, but a significant amount of the ballots were counted by a private corporation. The private corporation's name was Runbeck. They got a county employee to admit, well, yeah, they uh, they helped us count the ballots. How do you do that? Well, they, they at their corporate facility in Phoenix. Okay. And then uh, the attorney explained that that is illegal to do. The only the county and only the county can count the ballots, not some operation. Even if they have approval from the county and they have a contract and get paid millions to count ballots, that's not legal for state law. But they did it anyway, and the judge was like, "Well, we're just uh, no clear and convincing evidence of a motive. No clear and convincing evidence. No, nope, sorry." Which, by the way, this this case. In my 10-plus years of watching election integrity in cases, I didn't have much hope for this case. But they made it the farthest I've seen in a long time, um, as far as any other case. For some reason, lawsuits just don't succeed. Um, a lot of it is just that they don't have the time due to the complexities. I wish they would have well, had also, three weeks in court. Well, I also think that, you know, they – People are so afraid to uh, to be, you know, called something, uh, you know, you know, some type of name or something of that nature. Um, let's see. Yeah, here's um. Here, yeah, I finally found that audio clip I wanted to uh, um, talk about. Uh, you know, tonight. Let me let me see if I can get that uh, panned in on Carlton. I know you got this kind of poison. Limited time here, so okay, I'm, I'm 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 pulling it up. So this is uh what I what I wanted to play what I heard last night. Uh, so I had to do some digging in order to find it. Um, but this is uh, I want you to you know people to hear this uh, on on Tucker the other night. Uh, here we go. This oh here we go. Okay, this is what I want the uh, people to uh, to hear. Let me try this again here. Give me a moment while I key this in. But first night, as you have likely seen, in the first quarter of the NFL's Monday Night Football game last night, a player for the Buffalo Bills called Damar Hamlin collapsed on the field. He made what appeared to be a routine tackle that stood for a second before he crumbled backwards to the ground. It was awful. On ESPN, announcers said they've never seen anything like it in their entire careers. Played this game for the majority of your life, and then after that, you've been calling these games. First of all, I've never seen no. anything like this. This is uncharted water really for everyone. Right. 20 years, I've never felt what I'm feeling right now. I haven't seen what we have been watching for the last 10, 15 minutes. And uh, it just puts things in perspective real quick. You probably see the tape. You may have been watching live. It's hard to overstate the drama. The Buffalo Bills announced afterward that Damar Hamlin went into cardiac arrest on the field. Trainers performed CPR on him for roughly nine minutes. It was horrible. And the players on the field, to their great credit, responded not as competitors but as human beings, compassionate ones. They came together in prayer for the fallen player. Damar Hamlin is now in critical condition in a hospital in Cincinnati, and it's unclear, sadly, whether he will survive. So that is what we know. It's tragic. What don't we know? Well, what we don't know could fill volumes, starting with why DeMar Hamlin had a heart attack 
on a football field? We do not know the answer, and there is no way to know the answer. We're not going to lie to you and pretend we do know the answer. But that has not stopped many others from lying to you. Hamlin was still lying on the field receiving CPR when self-described medical experts in the media, people with no demonstrated medical ethics at all, effectively witch doctors, decided to use his tragic, life-threatening injuries an opportunity to spread still more propaganda about the COVID shots. It could not have been the shot, they told you. Shut up. But they're lying. They don't know that. They don't know anything more than we know, which is effectively nothing. We can't say it was the shot. We can't say it wasn't the shot. We don't know whether he got the shot. We don't know, and neither do they. So why are they telling you they know something they don't? Well, it's not the first time, of course. So tonight, in the appropriate spirit of humility, we're going to speak to actual medical experts and scientists, people who are going to follow the data, ask relevant questions, regardless of political pressure, getting to the truth is the essence of science. We're going to try to practice it tonight. One of the people we're going to speak to is cardiologist Peter McCullough. He's done a lot of research on the number of young people, particularly athletes, who've experienced heart attacks under serious cardiac events in the past two years. You're not imagining that there has been a surge in heart injuries among the young. And the media have mostly ignored this. We're not sure why. We're not sure the cause. We're not going to pretend we are sure. We do know it's real and it's scary. And when young people start dying, we ought to pay attention. So in a few moments, we're going to talk to Peter McCullough about what this is and what we know about it. But first, to place last night's tragedy in context, we're joined by Michelle LaFoya. She is host of the Sideline Sanity podcast. She was a reporter on Sunday Night Football for many years. She joins us tonight. But I sure appreciate your coming on tonight. Those of us who don't cover sports for a living were completely shocked by this. You have. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and fast, uh, go to the place when he was talking to the doctor, because uh, that's, that's the point that I, you know, I wanted to hear from folks. Uh, you know, if one of them to hear is, is actually from this, you know, from the from these doctors here. CPR for that long, and what does it mean for the prognosis of Mr. Hamlin? Joining us to assess this is Dr. Mark Siegel. Doctor, thanks for coming on. What do you what do you what do you make of what we saw? Doctor, thanks for having me. Obviously, America's praying for Demar Hamlin tonight. A man of great courage, by the way, who rose up from poverty and showed great courage in, in, in what he's accomplished in life. And he also, by the way, has been fundraising for his town where he grew up, the Keys Rocks. But what happened to him on the field? There's more we don't know that, what, than what we do know. We don't know if he has underlying heart problems yet. We don't know, to your point, whether, whether oxygen flow to the brain was interrupted. He's in a coma in the hospital, but that's induced because you want the brain to rest, essentially. You probably, they're probably using steroids to decrease swelling and they watch and they monitor. So the fact that he's under probably doesn't mean anything. But what's really disturbing, of course, is that he had a blow to the chest that wasn't that severe, and yet he crumpled to the ground, and it looked like he was probably in an arrhythmia called ventricular fibrillation, where it's just quivering. They come, the AED, the defibrillator they now have on the field, is what's life-saving. That improves the prognosis greatly. I don't know when they administered that. I don't know when the heartbeat came back. That's really important. I don't know if he got CPR for nine minutes, his youth will be on his side. But it's, it's a question because CPR is, is about 30% of the usual cardiac output. Is that enough? We don't know yet. You know, we don't know why it, 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 it did take that long. He's brought to the hospital. 
again, I'm watching the brain more than the heart. They're saying his vital signs are now stable, that he's stable, he's back in the normal rhythm. We're hearing that much. But the fact is we don't know whether he's had enough oxygen to the brain. I do know, though, that the Chasing Ends Foundation, Tucker, which is he's, he's in charge of, had raised only $3,000 up until the point of this happening. Now has raised close to $5 million because of the rabid fans from Buffalo, because of people from all over the country, to get toys for kids in his hometown of McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania. And you know what? That, is, that shows America. I want to play a story. All oh, those darn commercials. <laughs> uh, let's see if we have to suffer through that. Um, but, oh, well. America praying. America has hearts still, Tucker, as you've always said. America has hearts, and our heart is out tonight for, for DeMar Hamlin, and we're praying for his recovery, Tucker. Amen. Poor kid, guys. Just awful. Mark Siegel. Indeed. Great to see you tonight. Thank you. Thanks, sir. So as we said multiple times, and it's worth saying because it's a sign of respect for the man tonight in the hospital, we don't know exactly why DeMar Hamlin collapsed last night. But at the same time, there are concerns about cases like this, young athletes collapsing on the field of heart problems. And there has been a dramatic increase in this. You're not imagining it. So what is this? Cardiologist Peter McCullough and researcher Pangus Polycritus looked into this trend in Europe, European Sports League, they found that prior to COVID and the COVID-19 vaccines, there were roughly 29 cardiac arrests in those European sports leagues per year. Since the VAX campaign began, there have been more than 1,500 total cardiac arrests in those leagues, and two-thirds of those were fatal. Does that prove something? We don't know, but you should know that. Dr. Peter McCullough is a cardiologist. He's also the author of Courage to Face COVID-19. He joins us tonight to assess. Doctor, thank you so much for coming on. So this is one of those phenomena that people who use social media are aware of because there are videos of it floating around. But I don't know when the last time I heard, if ever, an American public health authority address this directly and tell people, what is this? Is this real? Tell us your findings from your actual study on this. The concern here is that athletes at a professional level, Tucker, are carefully screened for underlying heart disease. The leading cause of sudden death on the playing field is hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. The athletes are screened for this. Uh, there are rare conditions, genetic abnormalities in heart rhythm uh, that can present. Uh, but sudden cardiac death should be a very unusual phenomenon. And as your report indicates, it's extremely unusual in the NFL since the high level of scrutiny there's a differential diagnosis that doctors go through when this happens. I watched it live, and then I watched the replay as a cardiologist. To me, it looked like he made a heart tackle. There was head and neck uh, impact, but he got up, he clapped his hands, and then he fell over backwards. It looked like a primary cardiac arrest. Everything that was done on the field looked perfect. I think the duration of CPR resuscitation is going to be in the window where he can have neurologic recovery. Uh, the issue is what caused it, and the concern based on our research is that COVID-19 can cause myocarditis or heart damage. The heart damage, in some cases, can be asymptomatic, and the initial presentation can be a cardiac arrest. There's other things in the differential, genetic abnormalities of heart rhythm disturbance, 
hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, uh, a spinal cord type of interaction with the heart. But I think the leading concern here is vaccine-induced myocarditis, if indeed he's taken the vaccine. And boy, the family, the Bills doctors, and the current doctors at University of Cincinnati Medical Center have a public health obligation to tell us if he's taken the vaccine. I think, that, I think that's, that's fair um, in the coming days. Now, the CDC, it seems to me, since the absolute numbers of heart incidents among young people are dramatically up across the West, and the CDC, as far as I know, has not been honest enough to address this. They sent out a tweet the other day saying, you know, you may be struggling with blood clots if you're a young athlete. I don't remember athletes struggling with young blood clots. It seems to me like they're trying to tell us this is normal. Is it normal for young athletes to have life-threatening blood clots? We should never have our agencies try to normalize side effects. The FDA says the vaccines cause myocarditis and heart damage. Autopsy studies show it can be and is fatal. The same is true for blood clots and neurologic damage. Our agencies should be protecting the health of Americans, and safety is job one. I'm disappointed that they're minimizing it. Yeah. I mean, I think honesty is a prerequisite for trust. When people are honest, you can trust them. But when they lie to you consistently, you can't. So we appreciate you coming on tonight. Dr. Peter McCullough, thank you. So, again, that's uh, what I've been wanting to have tonight. Uh, so I'm glad I was able to define it for uh, you guys. I know you got a limited time, uh, Kelly. We were only going to do about an hour tonight, uh, but I, um, I want to play that since I found it. Uh, what's your thought? I really like Tucker Carlson's question. Why did they come out and say it wasn't COVID when they didn't know what it was or was not? They didn't know if it was this, this, or that. They didn't know, but they came out and said, oh, it wasn't the COVID shot. <laughs> That's like a murderer walking away from the scene. Cops uh, catch up to him, and he's trying to de- be an innocent bystander, and then he volunteers. No, I didn't murder that person. <laughs> what? <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, like, come on, people. It wasn't me. <laughs> Yeah, well, we got Bianchi uh, back. Let, let, let's get Bianchi. Let's get I know you had a quick question for him, um, and then we'll uh, we'll go from there. So, uh, welcome back, Bianchi. Thanks for going back in. I know Kelly had a question for you, and then if you wanted to make comments on that audio, go ahead. Yeah, Kelly. What what question you got? How how old was your friend? He was sixty one. Sixty one. In good shape too. He he had lost a lot of you know weight. You know you get around fifty. Approaching six, he started losing weight. He lost a lot of weight, so wearing some skinny pants. Then he gained it. It seemed like uh, people that I know, for sure, they gained a lot of weight before they had these problems. And huh. uh, but no, he uh, he took the matter of fact, he took the shot. Him and some more coaches, uh, at least a couple of them, even tried to get. Uh, the health official for the city of St. Louis, uh, Dr. Nichols, to issue some kind of waiver where high school football players could play during the time they were shutting things down, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. Wow. So how, how long after he took the shot, or was it a booster? He, he took died? all of them. I would say he took all of them, but I know – when the first opportunity started for them to take the shots, when was that, in 2020, early? I think he mm-hmm. did go, I know he went over to Delwood, which is a city. Matter of fact, it's a city next to Ferguson. 
But he went over there to the community center and took the shot. Probably him and uh, two other buddies of his. Hmm. Yeah, because sometimes it's the uh, sometimes it's the booster. I mean, I'm I'm actually a, I'm a civil engineer and I've done process plants, chemical process mm-hmm. plants. And there's a lot of vulnerabilities. Yeah, there's some backup systems, but there are too many vulnerabilities but when you combine this is my bad batch theory if you will but when you combine the the enormous complexities of a chemical process plant plus haste plus greed there certainly could be some bad batches out there and well you know that's why there are some bad batches but when you combine those three, but the the uh, kicker there is when you remove those batches from any product liability, and that mm-hmm. there should be the ultimate flag raiser. And I checked again, but you cannot sue not either the pharmaceutical, the drug maker, or the government the way the law is written. And this law was written before, if I'm not mistaken, this uh, COVID became issue. Yeah, I think it was around the Obama administration. It's called the PREP Act. Um, Yeah, but that's just totally totally ridiculous. Now, if the CDC CDC may mention that uh, this is something like common among young athletes, well, then maybe we need to have no more contact sports in high school. Let's do away with that. Pee-wee, summer league, high school. Let's do away with the contact sports. And as you guys can hear the tone in my voice, I got it out for the NFL anyway. I didn't like what went down with all that kneeling. So that's just me. But uh, if based on what the CDC said, and we know what they say is nothing more than a recommendation, let's take, uh, remove the ability for high schoolers to have those type of contact sports because they stand a chance of receiving some debilitating injury that could be uh, very detrimental. Well, I had an injury in football in practice. Still with me to this day. It's a back injury. But um, the PREP Act basically says when hospitals are following CDC protocol, they cannot be sued. And so the attorneys that are the consultants to the hospital boards, the attorneys will tell them, well, hey, here's an easy out. Just follow the CDC protocols, and you cannot be sued. Yeah, but is that for the application of the vaccine? What about the vaccine makers themselves? Right. Uh, Right. They they got it passed, too. I mean, it's, it's disgusting. Yeah, I don't think that uh, – I think I can understand that you're supposed to uh, pump your brakes before you come to a stop. But if you pump your brakes and your pedals still go to the floor, then that has to go back to the manufacturer. And I think it's the manufacturers that was excluded from uh, being liable, which is the one that should have raised the eyebrow, I think. I wouldn't want to take yeah. something that manufacturer isn't liable <laughs> Hell, we talk about lead paint and toys from China. And we talk about other situations that we have experienced even in you young people's lifetime 
I know it's old folks have experienced it, but uh, if you don't have liability for these manufacturers, that there should raise the eyebrow. Oh, yeah. I mean, in chemical process, if something goes wrong, there's lawsuits flying all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a magic black box that'll take two chemicals and combine them into one or three chemicals, combine them into whatever. And it's a thing called a process warranty. Mm-hmm. A process warranty, uh, it's an agreement. It's a legal agreement. Basically, if uh, the black box supplier, if their black box doesn't do as they have advertised, they have opened themselves up to huge, massive lawsuits. And what I would hope is the FDA and the CDC has uh, a number, a team of engineers that would go back to process plants looking for bad batches, and they can simply go through the maintenance logs. Oh, gee, a temperature sensor failed. Okay, what did that do? You know, oh, it caused more chemicals to be added, or see a flow meter failed or a chemical feed pump failed it's right there in the maintenance log ask the uh, plant operator hey what was going on here you know you you wrote it all down documented it um, Johnson and Johnson pulled a number of batches of the shot at least they had some in-house integrity there Mm -hmm. and they're back on the market again so um, now you say you're a civil engineer civil yes did you know that contractors will not, architects and contractors will not, architect and firm will not design a levy, nor will contractors build a levy for a design of an architect because either one of them could ever withstand the liability. It's usually done by the core engineers, which we know is the U.S. government. Well, that makes sense. Architects generally don't design dams anyway, but civil engineers do. But, um, yeah, that's a uh, – well, yeah, there was Pennsylvania, was it 19 – I want to say 30s? Um, a dam broke. Carnegie was blamed for it because he was – well, it's a long story, but I think 1,200 people died in the dam breaking. Yeah, look at uh, and, Katrina. <clears throat> Yeah, that levy. You had another uh, deal in uh, Bagno Dam in Missouri, there in uh, Lake of the Ozark. Well, that earth-laden uh, dam gave way and flooded out the town. May have killed some people too. Mm-hmm. But uh, you, if uh, you can't cover that, the liability of what the heck you ever building, well, then it's what good is it? Because no person in good sound sense would get involved. And another thing here. This football player was working under workers' comp. That uh, the Bills had to carry work comp insurance on his on their players plus other insurance too. So I kind of wonder why come people would go out and do a fundraiser or go fund me. Of course, you know I guess they can do whatever they want to, but uh, he well, is covered the, by the work comp. Yeah, the workman the uh, fundraiser was for buying toys. For kids, Christmas toys for kids in his hometown. Oh, okay. And they, uh, yeah, they something like thirty-seven hundred, and then now they've got close to five million uh, in donations because people wanted to help in whatever way, way they could. And that's 
the wonderfulness of charitable Americans. Um, but um, hell, hey, Biden showing up at the hospital is nothing more than a photo op. Uh, didn't no uh, president show up when they had to carry uh, Gail Sears off the field that day when he hurt his knee? Remember? So that was a photo mm-hmm. op with uh, Biden and his Democrats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Robert, I gotta get going. Boom. Understood. No, I uh, no, I appreciate it. Um, you know, Kelly, I appreciate uh, you know you know coming to the show tonight and spending some extra time with us. Um, any closing comments, real quick, before you gotta go? Or oh, let's see, Herman Gehring, the or Goebbels, sorry, Goebbels, Nazi propagandist. He uh. One his last few breaths, he said, "The truth will always come out." That's uh, true. So eventually, and uh, yeah, glad we had another caller come in tonight. I'm glad he joined us again. Um, so I guess with that, I'll bid you all good night. Well, I appreciate it, uh, Kelly, uh, for coming uh, to the show tonight. Uh, looking forward to. Uh, other episodes uh, as well. Now that the holidays, uh, you know, are over, we're starting to get back to the swing of things. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot to talk about this year. Um, I know the Cary Lake, as you mentioned earlier, is uh, still going to, uh, you know, move forward with trying to appeal the ruling, uh, you know, there in Arizona. Uh, So we're going to be following that. Uh, Still going to work to try to get uh, Josh Barnett on, who's been working with Cary, on her uh, election integrity uh, efforts, and then hopefully we'll have Carrie herself uh, on uh, to the show again. You know, once uh, of course, you know, some some time gets away for she can uh, be on. We're also going to be looking at, of course, uh, other things. I'm working on uh, getting some guests. Uh, you know, as you know from you know the past, it's uh, it's it's, it's, it's uh, kind of difficult to get get certain folks on, uh, but you know we still we still try here. Um, and so before we close out for the show, Pianca, do you have that uh, for tonight? Do you have any closing comments yourself? Well, you know, on, on these like these issues like Carrie Lake, I don't think you're ever going to get a ruling from the court that you're looking for unless you have a gun with fingerprints on it. And uh, I really don't. I think they, they're they going to continue to do like they're doing. And uh, I mean... I hate to agree uh, with you on that one, but I think you're right. <laughs> You got to be able to show where, in actuality, like running a thousand ballots that's been pre-marked, so that we know what they should read and see what they read after they go through the counter or whatever mechanism that they have. And uh, courts is not going to want to get in and say, "Nope, you didn't win, but you won." I could see them doing it early on in the 1800s, but. Uh, not nowadays. And, and like Goble said, the truth will come out. You just got to keep hacking away at it. There's got to be a evidential trail someplace. We just got to find it because all these people can't be lying. You know, when you, t- when you hear the same story over and over again, at some point in time, you got to come to admit to yourself that there's something going on here. Yeah, yeah, like the Gulf of Tonkin or the USS Liberty, right? Yeah, I think I think a lot. 
you know, and I think you're right. I think it's good to see something very significant because I don't, I don't think there's – I just don't think there's the will uh, to do it. That's one of the reasons why I'm so worried about, you know, hearing talks with Democrats, you know, such as Ocasio-Cortez, about having some kind of coalition uh, with the House of Representatives, you know, having, you know, Democrats head up some committees. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. You know, yeah, but, you got Benny you Thomas know, I, heading the committee. You know, Benny Thomas was a sympathizer for a black separatist group called the Republic of New Africa who was involved in encounters with where police officers got killed. So what in the heck is he doing chairing something where you want to accuse these people as being insurrectionists and you have shown that sympathy in your history, you should have recused yourself. The same way that Justice Cragen and also Ginsburg should have recused themselves off of the case evolving around same-sex marriage because they had officiated same-sex marriage. Yeah, well, we, um, yeah, it's, I mean, taking it, I know she wants to take it, you know, to the you know, Supreme Court and see what they say. But, yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, uh, it's been kind of a mixed bag with uh, with our Supreme Court, <laughs> you know, even with all the uh, the Trump nominees. Um, but, you know. I think we'll, we should have you know, we'll, 50, 50 justices. Of course, you got to figure out how to break a tie. And one is a uh, is appointed and sent from each state, and we need to do away with the. I think the Seventeenth Amendment needs to be done away with, and let the legislatures of the state choose the federal state senators. Yeah, that's, uh, gotten, that's go ahead. Things have gotten too far out of control now, and you know what really complicates the matter is that you have so many foreigners. <clears throat> That's illegally in the country, and they bring with them a whole different ideology, whole different experience, and it can be very, very detrimental to the basic foundations of the documents that incorporated themselves to make the United States. Well, we'll certainly yeah want to talk more about that uh, you know in the upcoming because yeah, I mean we'll, we'll we'll see and again hopefully you know we'll be able to get Carrie back on to talk more about it and and get Josh back on uh, you know to talk more uh, about it uh, so we'll uh, see you next time y'all can appreciate it uh, thank you very much we'll, sir you know, oh you're welcome well we're going to close out uh, tonight as I do each episode and that is with the the song by Aubrey Ashburn. We're looking forward to uh, hearing you next time again. Now, we do appreciate if you share the link, uh, if you're here on Blog Talk Radio with other folks, or uh, to spread the word about uh, our podcast uh, here, you know, whether on iHeartRadio or, you know, the other uh, podcast, uh, you know, there's Apple, I think Apple's, you know, on there as well, uh, iTunes, that's a, you know, things of that nature. So, appreciate it. Uh, and you can also, you know, find Bard's Logic on Twitter, uh, just, you know, at Bard's Logic. Uh, and you should be able to, you know, find us on Twitter as well. So you're welcome to shoot me the host uh, on Twitter and uh, follow my Twitter feed. Uh, but thank you very much, folks, and we will see you next time. And have a good night. Mm-hmm.